Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey, and our mentors might provide that roadmap for your journey. On most Thursdays, I am blessed to be talking with mentors who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Who are these mentors? Well, usually on the first Thursday of the month, it's Alan Fox. On the second Thursday, it's Coach Chuck Reese. The rest of the week, normally you'll hear people like uh, Dr. Bryce Young or uh, Coach Ashley Hobson or Coach Scott Williams or Energy Coach Linda LeClaire, uh, Coach Ed Crass, uh, Nick Saviano. Uh, usually they're rotating in, but we uh, also have other people join us. We have been blessed to have uh, high school and college coaches uh, join the program. We've also had manufacturers if there's something new and worthwhile and uh, I, I feel the has an advantage and could use a little bit more explanation, uh, we'll invite them on. We've also been blessed to have the uh, executive directors of the USPTA and the uh, PTR as well as uh, some USTA uh, administrators have been on the program too. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio and the Yellow Ball Network is that you can listen at any time you choose to the broadcast or any of the other uh, broadcasts on, like on Wednesday, American Tennis with Chuck Reese, or on Sundays, um, Coaches Corner with Randy Blumenthal. I would like to thank our Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you're missing out on some useful information. Because I do believe Dr. King when he said, our lives begin to end the days we become silent about things that matter, each Thursday I will add my personal views on North American tennis. And naturally you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Who knows? Together we may wake up that sleeping giant called high school tennis. Besides our weekly conversation, the almighty willing, you will be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I have previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me at coachdenise.fhstca at net. You know, I, I let me give you my other old email, uh, but uh, I am having some problems the last 48 hours, and AT&T says uh, somebody uh, has this. They're trying to get into my emails. I haven't been able to do it for two days. Of course, that somebody has been me. I've had it in that for, I don't know, 10 years or 20 years. But uh, if you call me or email me at CoachJohnDenise at BellSouth.net, I will make sure that I start going into that email uh, daily uh, to uh, check and see. Usually I only go in there about once a week because I use that for uh, uh, the the John Denise School of Tennis and the – coaching of the uh the high school team i try to keep separate but uh, i might be forced to use it for the next few days who knows you also uh, may read my views in florida tennis like i said and uh, or hear them on uh, one of our uh, coach and these sharing tennis blessing broadcasts uh, if you disagree with me as long as we can have a civil conversation I'd be glad to share views as, as people that want to take the time to explain it. 
I have no quarrel with that. I just like I don't think we should get personal in the individuals. I think we should talk about issues or organizations. Um, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, that has happened. Uh, I think you should remember too. Uh, this week, uh, we probably had the new issue of Florida Tennis Magazine out, and I do have an article that I will be talking about in my commentary in just a couple minutes uh, on uh, high school uh, tennis and our education uh, system uh, in there. Uh, So uh, you might look forward to that. And uh, you should also remember that if someone has taken the last issue of Florida tennis from your pro shop, you can always see the last issue of the magazine by going to uh, www.floridatennis.com or in between the uh, issues uh, you can also see the, occasionally uh, some Jim Marks articles or maybe uh, one of my uh, commentaries and there are a lot of things that go on in between issues and we try to keep uh, you abreast with that so uh, just uh, remember, if someone's taken the last issue of the magazine from your post, pro shop, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you can find it on, uh, by going to www.floridatennis.com, the last issue. And on Facebook, uh, you just have to go uh, to uh, capital F, capital L, uh, tennis, and uh, you will uh, get information there. I... You've heard me in the past uh, talk about time. We do have uh, Coach Allen Fox coming on in a little while. Uh, Actually, I've been uh, debating and talking with some of our mentors uh, about uh, do we do a show during the summer months, once a month rather than weekly uh, because – I've uh, talked, as those of you who listen regularly know, uh, I believe that the game of tennis, when you break it down, is is about time. Uh, uh, when we're talking about playing the game, we're talking, uh, you know, about either taking away taking away time from uh, your opponent or buying time or uh, looking to play until you can make an evaluation of what it is and how you want to play the game. But time is also about uh, family. Uh, it's also about your uh, scheduling. Um, it's about if you have a new person in there and they want to, uh, they tell you they want to go and uh, uh, become a competitor. Uh, how much time have they previously put into uh, this sport? Uh, how much time do they have left? Uh, to achieve what they're talking about, and how much time uh, do you have uh, that that you can spend to uh, do that? So you've heard me talk about this uh, often um, when uh, I was the other John Denise in the uh, John Denise School of Tennis. uh, I did take the liberty at times to uh, uh, book my son into – uh, seminars and everything, uh, little vacation times to get away from the uh, court so he wouldn't get born out and so he could stay abreast of what was going on. And uh, and we always should. When I was away, uh, I would always come back with notes. And uh, when he did it, uh, it was the same thing. So I do believe time is, uh, when you break down the game of tennis, it's about time when you break down coaching it's about time. How much time are you spending on the courts? How much time are you spending with your scheduling? Uh, are you taking the time to be with your family? And uh, today, uh, we have our uh, mentor, uh, Alan Fox, uh, not on the mainland, uh, but in the beautiful Hawaiian Islands. And, um, and scheduling this is... I should also say you have to take the time to listen to your wife more because Bobby said that she thought uh, there was something of Alan's wife, Nancy, uh, 
from last year that I think their anniversary is about that time. I plead guilty to not keeping up on those things so much. But today is Nancy and Alan's uh, anniversary. And like many of our mentors, uh, they're always giving back to the community. When you ask them to do something, uh, you can depend on the people. The people that are our regular mentors are people that I'm proud to be associated with uh, because I know I can depend on them uh, to be there. Maybe too much so. And I come to a decision that we do have a broadcast next week, uh, Coach Huck Greasy, uh, and we have a uh, broadcast the following week with uh, uh, Johnny Angel, who actually followed me as uh, president of the uh, USPTR uh, Florida section. And uh, I think after he left there, I'm, I think that's about that time when they stopped having the uh, state uh, uh, sections and presidents uh, but he has uh, has a, a lot to offer, and he's uh, uh, I, I think you want to will enjoy that there. And he's he's been a giver uh, in, in his lifetime too. Uh, he followed me, uh, as many of you know. I got into coaching high school tennis when I was president of the Florida section of the PTR uh, because I uh, had people saying, "Don't let your uh, player play high school tennis and um, I reminded people that everybody's not going to be a pro and I believe that I still believe today that uh, tennis should be going through our high schools and college and um, and that's how I got involved in uh, doing training for the Florida Athletic Coaches Association and uh, when he became president he also did the same thing so we will have that, but I don't want to put our mentors into a position uh, where, yeah, they'll do it. I know they will, uh, you know, if I ask them. So it takes a lot off of my conscience, truthfully, that we're not going to uh, do a weekly show during the summer months because I also – um, after learning, we have a few things we have to do in Florida, but truthfully, later on in the summer, we're looking at uh, heading up north and uh, being with our uh, grandchildren for different things and enjoying them. So what I'm what I'm looking to do is to do a uh, program about once uh, a month and. And we'll do one that they, uh, something that they feel comfortable and uh, they want to uh, uh, be involved with and uh, conduct. Uh, we might even do one of the things that uh, I've already suggested uh, that I think it would be a good idea. I know there, today we'll have Alan Fox on, and he's talked about the fairness of uh, – the scoring systems with different uh, uh, grand slams is, is is it fair or is it not? And um, it's uh, it makes uh, excellent points. Uh, myself and other people, including uh, Coach Chuck Greasy, disagree. I'd like to see us get into subjects like that with other people, but I'd like to see maybe a time situation where we give five minutes to each individual and I will just monitor it. And I'd like to see people from the USTA or the ITF, uh, uh, the other organizations that we're talking about, also have the time to defend their positions, why they do things. It's hard when you don't have all the information to say this is how something should be done. And um, and I think, uh, though you might feel strongly about how something should be done, if you listen to the other people's point of view, you might not feel as strong or you might even change your mind. Uh, I've been searching for the truth for uh, 
almost 80 years now, and uh, I, I don't know if I've found it yet, but I do know uh, I make it a point uh, not to sit there and fabricate anything because I don't, I don't see nothing good coming out of that. And I do make it a point uh, to listen to people, and I think we have to uh, give people the opportunity to defend themselves. I think one of the dangers of any organization, once it grows uh, so big, uh, it's like a government. Any government organization runs the same problem. Once they get so big, uh, then what happens is they don't have time to listen to everybody, so instead they start leading from the top down. And truthfully, I'm not a, my own personal view, I'm not a believer that uh, you can dictate the, what's going to go on uh, from the top down. You can do it, but I think once you silence your members, then eventually you have a problem. And uh, I think none of us that love this game of tennis want to see a problem of going uh, tennis going downhill. But the truth of the matter is that tennis is not growing like other sports are. And, uh, you know, and I think that one of the reasons is that uh, we're just not listening to everybody. And I know it's hard uh, to sit and uh, it takes time. And, you know, the game of tennis is about time. I made a decision when I was on the uh, USTA board of uh, Florida section board of directors to cut myself out of a position and and uh, because uh, the point being is that too with too many people the meetings were going on too long and quite frankly I was one of those people that always had questions so therefore. Uh, uh, I must plead guilty to uh, being one of the main reasons some of those uh, meetings went on. But I wanted to know as much as possible. And I voted for that, believing it was in the good of the organization. It's one of those votes that I wish I didn't make because I, I think that, you know, time is a precious commodity. It's hard to measure. Uh, it's hard to look at how... Uh, your uh, individual is developing or they, they, a lot of times they're not developing as fast as some people would like to see but are they growing uh, and it, time is a, a precious commodity and we all need time so I've uh, well I shouldn't say I we made a decision that uh, this summer uh, we're going to enjoy our family. Hopefully, uh, you will enjoy your family. Uh, but the uh, broadcasts are not going to be uh, weekly. Uh, there will only be one broadcast a month. And I truthfully uh, can't tell you when that broadcast is going to be because I don't know yet, and I don't even know what the subject matter is. And uh, I and I have to sit there and make sure that I'm not taxing our mentors too much uh, because they're always available. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just so blessed uh, to be able to have uh, these coaches uh, that uh, have truthfully made this broadcast what it is. I, I know uh, nobody uh, – wants to listen to uh, an old coach uh, talking that doesn't have a radio voice. Uh, actually, uh, four-plus years ago, uh, this was delayed uh, going on the air because I was trying to get a young coach to uh, uh, do this. And uh, it was suggested, well, why don't you start it off and, you know, we'll get a young coach later on. And uh, uh, four years later, I'm still doing this. Uh, but um, the Almighty uh, has reasoning and the plan, and I'm just not smart enough to know what it is. Well, let me give you today's commentary, and hopefully Alan uh, Fox will be joining us uh, pretty soon. 
we don't have uh, a set uh, agenda of the topic. I will go throw some ideas out because, truthfully, like a dummy, I realized it was his anniversary uh, today, and uh, he yesterday he says, God, I, uh, I get an email, uh, I forgot about this here, what time should I call, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I just said, relax, let's go. I wasn't sure we were going to do it, uh, but uh, uh, the great gentleman that he is, uh, I suspect he'll be joining us in a few moments. But in the meantime, let me give you the commentary uh, for June 6th. Uh, I'd like to talk about, because of last week's uh, commentary, uh, about courage and character. Uh, character is like a tattoo. It's not on the surface, but it's dug in. And, uh, you know, it's something that I believe uh, comes, it takes time, actually, to uh, for that to come to. And uh, I would like to uh, first, uh, thank those two individuals who chose to add to, uh, thoughts to uh, uh, last week's top ten uh, wish list that uh, Coach Ashley uh, Hobson uh, presented uh, to us uh, for improvement in tennis. Uh, but I must also confess to being surprised that um, more individuals did not have the courage to add to that wish list or thought that it was all that was needed to grow our game of tennis. I wish life would be that simple, but I don't think it is. Next, I must also admit to being happy about receiving satisfactory comments, but as well as complaints about my May 30th commentary. Actually, I would be scared if we were all agreeing on any issue all the time. So although I do fear that, that I might see the meaning of courage different than some, I'd like to go into that a little bit more uh, this week. Being afraid of something is a normal emotion. In my opinion, how one acts in those situations is what the measurement is of courage, and that's what it's all about. There are many different kinds of fears and true courage. When a teacher or a coach are new to a job and are not being able to do what they have been trained to do, the fear of not being employed might have that individual stay on the job because work is hard to find. As was was pointed out in a local April 12th newspaper article, a lot of, quote, unquote, a lot of teachers get to the point where they decide that they don't want to put up with it anymore. And with the economy doing well now, they have options. The point I was trying to make in last week's commentary and in the coming issue of Florida Tennis Magazine is it did not take courage to become a high school tennis coach when you need additional revenue or if you're trying to build a resume. I suspect most of those individuals that were working to do what was right in order to overcome those fears of not being employed. And they needed, they knew they needed to practice what needed to acquire the wisdom to be happy and courageous individuals. To me, courage is doing what you know you should should be done, even though you might not be accepted for it. Aristotle said, we become brave by doing brave acts. I think what he was saying is that courage requires wisdom and honesty. In today's growing economy, a seasoned tennis coach may want to make an honest examination of the school system before making a decision. 
They might also want to examine your USTA section views on high school tennis. Is it uh, one that uh, high school tennis should be competitive or that it's just a recreation? And if that particular high school is looking to have an after-school sport or an after-school activity, all things that should go into your thinking about do you want to make a move there. I pray we find more seasoned tennis professionals with the courage to be a high school tennis coach, but I do think they should find out about the administration's position on tennis as well as the policy of the league. In Florida, I would expect them also to support the Florida Athletic Coaches Association training and even better to pay for the coaches' expenses to go there. Yes, the rewards of coaching high school tennis keep coming years later, but no, I can't recommend seasoned tennis pros to take a position as a high school tennis coach. Only they can determine if they have the time and love for tennis and the courage to stand up to the contradictions and challenges they will experience. Well, I can hope some choose to take up that challenge because it would be a blessing. It's your advantage. Uh, That's my commentary for uh, today. I do, um, like I said, uh, I do respect your opinion. uh, And uh, if you uh, disagree with me, uh, let me know. Uh, You might want to use that uh, coach John Denise uh, at BellSouth.net for the next couple of days if you are going to contact me because I don't know when AT&T will get this uh, through. I think they've got to take down their commercial about mediocrity because uh, uh, I, for one, am not uh, pleased at what's going on. I, we're still waiting for our mentor, and uh, I do know... Uh, that the best broadcasts are the ones that I talk the least, but hopefully you only have to put up with uh, my conversation for another uh, minute or two, and we will uh, have uh, Alan Fox uh, on in a couple minutes. I do see a couple of uh, people on the line. I know um, Alan Fox's uh, telephone number. Uh, I've, I'm glad that you want to listen to the broadcast. Uh, hopefully you have something you want to contribute. But I ask you please to email me that or put it on Facebook. I, I, I will get back to you, I promise. Uh, I am late getting into the 21st century in computers, and I don't take calls in that I don't know who they're calling. I had an incident about four years ago, and uh, by the time I got to that mute button, which I still don't see on uh, the computer, uh, it was about a miserable two minutes. And when I contacted Houston about getting rid of it, I found out I could. Oh, I do see our mentor here now. So uh, let me get him on, and you won't have to listen to me chatter no more. Alan, are you there? I'm I'm here, John. I'm here. How you doing? I was just uh, explaining that there was lessons to be learned and everything, and I went through my belief that when you analyze a game of tennis, it's about time, but it's also time uh, coaching and expanding on it because uh, I I do feel I've been a strain at times if people – like you and some of our other mentors that we can rely on and why after the next two broadcasts, we're only going to do one broadcast a month uh, because I think everybody should enjoy this summer and happy anniversary, uh, 
apologize to Nancy for me. (laughs) We just got back from our anniversary lunch. We've been married 34 years, I think. Is that right, Nance? I don't know. I think 38. Oh, 38. Oh, yeah. I I think so, but I'm I'm not sure. My wife told me. My wife told me I don't either. I should listen more to my wife. Men don't keep track of these things like women do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> any, anyway, um, we we could well, talk listen, about. A couple I know days. we didn't have anything scheduled, but uh, uh, you know everybody is always interested in uh, your match analysis. Uh, we've uh, the Grand Slam score, and uh, I see you uh, posted something on Facebook, and there, and uh, we have a lot of different opinions. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Well, I was thinking of talking about the the length of matches, whether two out of three would be better or not, uh, and the arguments for three out of five. I don't know if you saw that, but on Facebook, uh, we, we had a, a huge discussion of three out of five versus two out of three. <laughs> Yeah, so, it was, and I'm uh, glad to see so many people participating in that conversation because that was a blessing. I didn't make remarks because uh, you and I do different on that, but I, uh, I'm looking at them, uh, it looked like uh, there was no clear uh, decision on that, uh, but it was nice to see. Well, I, I, I have a clear decision. I think it should be two out of three. But <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> how about we go through the arguments as to what, as to three out of five? In other words, the arguments that I heard for three out of five: one, it's traditional, okay. Uh, number two, it's a better test of tennis, uh, okay. Uh, now the question: if it's a better test of tennis. Uh, one of the suggestions I threw out was, well, why don't the women play three out of five? Because they're as strong as the men anyway. They, they're in as good a shape as the guys. Why, don't, why isn't there a clamoring for three out of five for the women? Okay? It'd be a better test of tennis for them, too. And you're going to – if you say something like uh, people don't want to see three out of five with the women, then – then you're a sexist, so you can't say that. <laughs> and uh, but I thought I'd throw that in there just to just to uh, see what people would say. Uh, the other thought I had was uh, if if we're looking for a, number one, if it's traditional, if that's the issue, then why don't we get rid of tiebreakers? Because traditionally we didn't have tiebreakers. Why do you think we instituted tiebreakers? I mean. They shorten the matches, uh, and so that's uh, according to the guys that want a better test of tennis. That would be a better test, wouldn't it? Well, guys a like lot of people it. argue that. That's still a big uh, issue uh, today. I think someday I'd like to have uh, a broadcast where we have discussion back and forth with the people. That I'd like to get people with the ITF and USTA and the other organizations. Ontario Express, uh, you know, different. We'd have to time five minutes with each person or something. But uh, I'm just being facetious on the, on getting rid of it. The only reason I say that is is just because that's not going to happen, and no one really wants that to happen. Uh, it's better with tiebreakers because the matches w- were too uncontrolled in length. Otherwise, uh, one other thought I had that that. Uh, speaks to the idea of a better test of tennis. If, if, a, if we want a better test of who's a better player, why don't we make it four out of seven sets? That would be even a better test of tennis. Uh, what would be the reasons we do, wouldn't do that? I mean, reason number one is no one wants to sit and watch that much. No one wants to see four out of seven, point one. Point two, it beats the players up too much. And, and point three, if someone – you could have a seven-hour match instead of a five-hour and then try to go play the next round and see how you do. Uh, and, and I feel the same way about three out of five. Every one of those arguments I just said against four out of seven 
in my mind, holds for three out of five. I mean, most of the matches, most of the three out of fives, I mean, when you see uh, the big boys like Djokovic and Nadal and Federer and these guys, in in the early rounds, I mean, it's just boring. I mean, they win the first set 6-2, the second set 6-1. I mean, forget the third set. (laughs) Let's go on to the next match. It's going to be 6-3 or 1 or 2. You know, there's no... It's just they grind it out. Uh, the uh Warinka match was a great one. I I, I got no problem with that. Uh, but That's if you bad. notice, Warinka was was a dead man, which was my other argument, and that is, you know, if if one guy gets a bad draw and has to play somebody tough, like Warinka had to play Tsitsipas, okay, yep. and so he beats him in five hours because Tsitsipas is as good a player as you're going to find. And then uh, Federer is playing uh, uh, Mayer and slaughters him. Okay. And so now they go in, and, and Warinka uh, has virtually no chance in a long match. He's got to win the third set. If he, It's a set-all. If he doesn't win the third set, he's a dead man. You know, that the, the, the physical... Uh, uh, beating that he took in the match before that overhung his whole match with Federer. I mean, everybody knew, including Warinka and Federer, that that Warinka couldn't go the distance again. And so, I mean, in the fourth set, Federer wins the third. The match was basically over. All Federer has to do now is just not screw up. And he was drop shotting them like it, like every other point. I mean. Uh, uh, the the previous match had basically, you know, put Warinka at a tremendous disadvantage. I mean, that's one of the problems with three out of five. Uh, you know, somebody's going to play a five-hour match. Uh, and, and secondly, the game, if you talk traditionally, you know, traditionally, back in the old days when there were more three out of fives, the game was not as violent. I mean... When I was playing it back in the 60s, I mean, if you were on the baseline with somebody, you sort of ran, you, you, you had to run from side to side, but not, not so violently. I mean, now it's, it's a sprint. It's very, very violent. And so, you know, it, it, it's different. It beats the heck out of these guys. I, you know, it seems, you know, in general, it, and it's an arbitrary thing. I mean, Three out of five, you know, versus two out of three. I mean, the women's matches are quite interesting, you know, when you're interested in the match. Two out of three is plenty of tennis. Uh, I think the men would be quite interesting. You know, why three out of five for the men and not the women? Well, I think, you know, and why is there more interest? Well, watching the French Open, though, you look at the, when the women were playing, you didn't see the attendance there was with the men. I, I do wonder what the now You're getting in trouble, John. Gonna I, be. I can, you, there's going to be some picketing outside your house, John. <laughs> <laughs> That's very politically incorrect to say such a thing. I mean, well, Ray Moore said something like that, and 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 they, he was out for running the tournament in Indian Wells. <laughs> I know. Well, I I love watching women tennis, but I also, when you look at the changes in the Grand Slams, and I thought Wilmington was a good compromise, but this, in my opinion, the hardest tournament physically is the French Open. And yet they didn't make the change there, which I thought was yeah. interesting. And I'm just wondering how many people are going to be watching this compared to the other ones with the longer matches. But I don't know. Maybe I am just love to see the uh, fight. I don't know. I mean, what I would really – I mean, this would be – no one's listening to me, of course. But, I mean, if they were, what I would really suggest would be two out of three sets in the majors – I know you don't like that, uh, up to the semis. And in the semis, three out of five, but uh, uh, at least one day of, of rest in between the semis and the final. Uh, that would then 
I mean, I think maybe Warinka with another day could have been a, a legitimate. I mean, I see. I think Warinka would have won that match against Federer. I thought he was the better player, other than I thought so too. Interesting. You know, I said before yeah, I mean, you came on that I think the idea of the conversation, open conversation, where you and I were on opposites on this here. But the more yeah. we talk, I could see your arguments and. I, I haven't changed my view completely, but I'm not as uh, set, steadfast in uh, my position as I was before we started conversing about this a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there are arguments like, you know, a seated player should get an easier draw, he's earned it, and so forth. But all of that sort of goes by the wayside if you look at individuals. I mean, Warinka. Uh, you know, should have an even match. I mean, why should one player be disadvantaged that much? You know, uh, and 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 what's his name, Isner and Mahout. I mean, Isner couldn't even play after that one. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he was finished. Yeah, uh, I, and I'll tell you who else. Uh, Kevin Anderson in the U.S. Open was beat up pretty well by the time he. Uh, I forget whether he got to the final or what. He played like a five-setter, and then he was pretty much finished, too. I think Please the only think problem that I have, Alan, is where, you know, where did we stop? And that's why I thought Wilmington made a good compromise, because you look at, even at the French, you get one person gets an extra day rest than the other. Uh, you know, why don't we put Nadal on the shorter court? You know, he likes playing back so much. Uh, these young women, I, I love because they're sitting there playing right up at the line. They, I think one of the blessings about the, the women and, and this here, they haven't been taught how to play clay yet, and I think that's why they're winning. They're just playing their game. They haven't had to try to change their game. Well, they don't need to, though. I mean, the the women, we haven't discussed this, actually, but this is Maybe a, 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 some people might find this an interesting point, and that is You're not going to get in trouble, are you? No, no. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, put it this way: the women don't move as well as the men, okay? Uh-huh. And so they they can't play defense as well as the men can. I mean, someone like like uh, uh, Djokovic can run down almost anything, okay? Uh-huh. But but the women Scary. can hit. Because the women can hit better than they can run, okay? And so for in, in women's tennis, it pays to go for the shot sooner, okay, to, to take more risk and go for the shot. So they're not going to get back 15 feet behind the baseline and run balls down. They still have to go for it because, uh, uh, because of the movement issue. I mean, uh, it, 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 and it's, a, you know, I, I would say this. It's mentally a more difficult game for the women than the men because they have to go for their shot as soon as they get the chance uh, right. just because the other girl will if she doesn't. And, and if you get nervous, uh, uh, going for your shot is extremely difficult. You ha- you know, you're liable to miss it. So the nerves play a bigger, a, a bigger part in the women's game than it does in the men's game. You know, the women can't just go to the legs and just start running balls down, put a little more top spin on it and start running, you know, because the other girl is going to knock it off. So it, it's, a, it's a very difficult game for the women mentally. I mean, they, they have to hit. So uh, that's a difference. And, 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 and they have to hit on clay or anything else. It's the same thing. It, it, they, they can't change their tactic and go to the legs because they're going to lose if they do that. You know, they don't have that option. The men can do that. I mean, Nadal, you know, he run anything down on the clay. Uh, same with Djokovic. Uh, so they can, they can defend. Anyway, that, that's why the women stay up on the baseline, though. Because aggression pays off more for them. You know, it's like, no, like your tactics. Yeah, I mean, on a, on a, go on, sorry. Not to, not that I'm completely supporting your argument, but okay. uh, I mean I think the other advantage is that you, what you're talking about fits into when you were going 
looking at this beforehand, in my opinion, there were four people that were above everybody else on the uh, men's side, and that was, uh, you know, naturally uh, Nadal, uh, Federer I put at the fourth, uh, Djokovic I put at number two, and Thiem I had at number three. And then you had another four players after that. That this was to me this here the French Open was wide open. Who was you know you couldn't say this is who's going to be the winner. Uh, it would be interesting if we were playing the way you wanted to. Uh, you got me thinking. What you're looking thinking about what would happen in two out of three? Yeah, that's uh, what I, I I can see your arguments. I mean I I can see that. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm not buying in completely, uh, Alan, but Well, but you I don't do, need to. And, 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 <laughs> and also, it won't really, it won't really matter what we think. <laughs> They're not going to change the rules based on whether you agree with me or what, whether my argument's a good one or it isn't. I mean, it, it, to me, the biggest argument for two out of three relates to the audience. I mean. Uh, uh, the fairness, yeah, I, there's some unfairness in three out of five. But as as an audience guy, you know, too many of the three out of fives are just uh, too slow and too, too takes too long to get to the exciting parts. I mean, you know, in two out of three, it's exciting uh, more quickly. So from an audience standpoint, I like that better. Uh, I mean, I'll give you one other uh, analogy, and that would be boxing, okay? The way it started out, you know, I don't know when, 100 years ago or something, early on in these boxing matches, uh, when they fought for the championship, there was no limit on the rounds. It was, you know, whoever can't come out of this corner loses, you know, and they fought till some guy gave up. He couldn't, couldn't fight anymore, Uh that is the best test of who's the best fighter, but, but the, the, the things lasted too long. So they went to 15 rounds, you know, with, a, with judges deciding who was, you know, getting in the most good shots or whatever. Uh, you know, so I look at three out of five as kind of little like that. It's, it's a little too slow for the audience and a little too unpredictably slow. I mean, you have the difference between a match that can last an hour and a half or, or, and, and five hours. That's too big a spread. You know, in two out of three, it's not such a big spread. Uh, and so it's, it's controllable. I mean, John Lloyd, who's, you know, one of the, one of the uh, uh, TV uh, analyst guys, uh, I mean, John agree, was one of the few guys that agreed with me. <laughs> Everyone else disagreed, uh, but but John agreed on the basis that he sees it from the from the uh, uh, television standpoint. Three out of five is very unpredictable and potentially dull. You know, two out of three quicker, more interesting. Uh, it, for the same reason that tiebreakers have been a, basically a positive to the game. They're exciting, and they they bring it all to a head within a reasonable time. You know, I mean, yes, it would be a better test of tennis if you went to 10 all or 11 all and fought it out that way. But it's too sluggish for the for the audience. You know, and and as an aside, you know, it brutalizes the players even more. So it's sort of a judgment call as to how long, you know, a match should be. I mean, three out of five, four out of seven, two out of three, which one? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it's sort of a judgment call. Anyway. No. Yeah, no question. That's why I'd be interested to see uh, the ratings of how many people watched the French Open because there were some long matches. And really, I think we're going to, you know, boil down to the, on the men's side, the top four people that we expected to be there. And they've been longer matches. They've been working. But, I mean, is it just people like me that just love the game so much that sits through all that? Or is 
out is the average uh, TV viewer, are they, uh, you know, not watching it? So I'd be interested to see what the numbers are after the French Open and comparing that with the uh, uh, U.S. Open and with the uh, uh, Wimbledon. Well, you're just looking at three out of fives in all of them. I mean, uh, I, I just sort of another thought from from my experience. Like, you know, I played the tour in the 60s, okay? And mm-hmm. and most matches I didn't want to watch. Or I, I didn't want to watch the whole match, uh, and neither did most of the players back in the day. But when, the, when it got to 5-4 and somebody was serving for the match or serving for the set, we got interested. We would come maybe into the player's box and watch. Uh, so from a, from a player's standpoint – the most interesting part uh, of the set or the match is where the pressure is, you know, right at the end. Uh, and with three out of five, you've got to sit through so long to get, to get to where it's really exciting. You know, when, it's, when they're grinding it out in the first set, I mean, it's such a long way before we're going to get to something interesting, you know, uh, that, 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 that's, kind of from an audience standpoint, if I was just looking at an audience, which I am at this point, it, it, it's, it's, it's just dull for too long. Anyway. Uh, Let me ask you what the match <laughs> analysis on the women's side. I just, I, I, in my opinion, uh, it sees for reasons that you brought up earlier, you can see if the match is changing or not. I mean, when you see a short ball, you know as the player is she's does is she going from a neutral position to an offensive position? Did you put the person into a defensive position? And you know where the points are coming. And uh, sometimes my wife gets aggravated with me because I'll sit there and say, "Oh, she's in trouble now. She missed that opportunity." But, I mean, I think it's easier to analyze a match on the women's side than the men's side. Am I wrong? Yeah, well, I think it's more predictable that they, they've got to go for it. Right. The other girl's not going to get it either, you know, when they do. I mean, you watch Djokovic. Uh, I mean, he runs down almost anything, almost. <laughs> yeah, Guys are hitting it into the one corner and then – with an open court into the other corner, he gets to that one. And then he goes to the other corner, he gets to that one too. You know, it, 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 it is less predictable. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to, to get the guy in the, in the men's game, you've got to like, fool him. You've got to, like, wrong foot him. Or either you've got to have a lot of room, you know, where the guy's totally off the court and you've got lots of room, or, or you've you got to trick him which is very hard to do with these guys. They see it coming, you know, early. Which, yeah. By the way, which uh, this is just uh, sort of a uh, something uh, for players uh, to think about, uh, you know, if they want to improve. And that is, you know, the, the, the speed that, uh, that people get, uh, get to balls with, it's mostly – how quickly they start, how early they see where the ball's going, uh, rather than sheer foot speed. Although at the top level, it's both. But right, because uh, uh, back in my day, I used to practice with Pancho Segura a lot, uh, and and Pancho was sort of bow-legged, sort of didn't look like he could move, and he got to everything. Okay, uh, he, he he covered the court very very well, but. If you fooled him, occasionally I would fool him. And when you fooled him, if he didn't know where the ball was going, I mean, he, 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 he just sort of broke down completely. There was, you know, no movement hardly. It, was, it wasn't that fast. It was just that he knew where the ball was going earlier than most people. You know, he could sort of see it coming. Uh, and, and, and for you listeners, the way you get good at that, is, is you're watching your opponent very, very carefully all the time trying to figure out where they're going to hit the ball. 
and and you you don't consciously uh, see the tells, you know how they tip off where they're going to hit it. You don't say, well, he dipped his left shoulder a little bit, so he's going to hit it down the line. You just sort of watch him. You watch the whole scene very very carefully uh, as it's developing, and you gradually learn uh, just by feel where they're going to hit the ball by who knows what little tip-offs, but just sort of the general picture uh, tells you if you're looking closely enough. You know, mo- most people don't do that. For whatever reasons, they, they just see where the ball's going. They wait till they see where the guy hits it and then runs. they run after it. But uh, if you try hard enough to figure out where it's going to go, you get to jump on it. You get a little bit of a jump on it, which is crucial. You know, you get that first step on the ball is is pretty much the key. Although, you know, at the top levels, their foot speed is so great that whatever, they can almost run anything down wherever it's hit. Yeah, sometimes you think it's a matter of breaking a person's will. I mean, there are so many, uh, you know, great, you know, you look at a shot and you say, wow, that's a winner. What a great shot. And then all of a sudden it comes back at you. You say, oh, my God. Yeah, well, that's the that's the Djokovic-Nadal strategy. Yeah. And you have to hit a, a, an extraordinary shot to get away from those guys. Extraordinary. It, it, the next matches are going to get interesting. I mean, Federer, Nadal, you know, most people, at least on my Facebook, are uh, thinking that it's going to be a slaughter for Nadal. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> I hope not, <laughs> but it could be. I mean, I like both of them. I mean, I mean wh- what Federer is going to need to do is he's going to have to serve a lot better than he did against Warinka because his first serve didn't buy him much. He's going to need to get some free points with his serve or get ahead a, a in the point with a lot of first serves where he can do first strike tennis. It's going to be the serve, uh, the first serve, and then his backhand topspin better be working, you know, because he's going to have to hit a lot of them. You know, Nadal, you know, is going to drive his forehand into Federer's backhand a lot. And Federer is going to need to try to get control of the point. You know, in, in the early days, Federer used to chip the backhand when Nadal hit the forehand cross court. He would chip it. That no was more. that was just that was slow death for him. Yeah. To do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that was just going to get him run all over the place before it was over. Nadal, we're going to take control of the point. We're going to hit nothing but forehands. You know, and Federer is going to just run. Uh, so, what, what's turned it around in their recent, well, I'm saying their recent, their last matches, is Federer is hit over the backhand and and doesn't let Nadal right. get control of the point quite as much. Point. So, now, how about Beam? What do you think of him? I put him right in that category too. I mean, you don't see him that. I see, you know, I see him right there with uh, three of them. Yeah, I, I see, you know, I see team as sort of a young Warinka. Okay. Uh-huh. Same, same kind of game. And that is two very heavy, top, heavy sides. He's got two, two heavy sides. Uh, you know, he's not, a, he, he moves fine. Warinka did too, but he doesn't move as well as Federer or Nadal or Djokovic. Uh, he's, he's, he's a very strong ball striker. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he can get through Djokovic. You know, I don't think he can outsteady him, and I don't think he can blow through him, but he could. I mean, my money would be on Djokovic. Uh, right. I think, you know, seems a class player, a classy guy. So I got, I've got nothing against Thiem. Uh, I probably I, I I somehow just love Federer, so I want him to win everything. But uh, well, other than that, I the agree. other guys are good guys, huh? We've got. I mean, when I hear about Federer, by the left. way, oh sorry, go on. No, I was just saying we time? only have thirty seconds left. Uh, oh. Enjoyed listening. 
Anything, wow. any last comment? Uh, n- n- not really. It's going to be an interesting now the tournament's going to get interesting to me. And even yeah. three out of five, I- I'm for it now. I want to see that. The- everyone's uh-huh. in good shape. That would be darn interesting. So uh, I'm pulling for Federer, but the other guys are great champions also. So, uh, well, we're going to be and, looking forward to your match analysis, that's for sure, because uh, – I, 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 I'm, many of us, uh, you know, that's a big part of uh, the matches. So I will talk with you soon. I'm not going to talk to you on the air. I'll give you a call. I'll be talking to you. And I okay, do have John. some ideas for a monthly show, but enjoy the summer. I'm not, I, I ask too much from you, all of you, and uh, I'm not going to be that selfish no more. Well, you're not selfish, John, and, and you can ask anything you want, and I'll try to do it, of course. I know that. That's why I'm telling you to take this summer and enjoy yourself. I might need you once, but okay. take it important. Okay, you take uh, care. Right. Happy anniversary. Thank you.